Mark Cuban. Going against the norm and, and looking for people who had great ideas is, is really what I look for as opposed to individuals mentoring me. David Stern. Thank you. Those are very kind and generous words. I greatly appreciate them, and thanks for having me on. Jeannie Buss. Thank you for having me. What a nice turnout. It's good to see everybody. Chris Everett. It was very interesting. You asked great questions, so thank you very much, Brian. Damian Lillard. That was for Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> Maria Taylor. Oh, thanks, Brian. I appreciate it. And your preparation shows you. Tim Howard. Well, I appreciate you saying I look forward to catching up with you again soon. Just to name a few. Welcome to Sports Business Radio. Now, here's Brian Berger. Well, thanks for joining us on this edition of Sports Business Radio. Happy Good Friday. Happy Passover. Happy Easter. Hope you're doing well uh, and continuing to stay home and wash your hands during this time. We've got a great guest planned for you today, Margaret Midge Purse. She is a professional women's soccer player. She's on the U.S. Women's National Team, two-time Ivy League Player of the Year when she played at Harvard. She plays for New Jersey Sky Blue in the NWSL. What's she doing to train right now? What's she doing to stay in shape? What's her diet? Here is an elite athlete in isolation. U.S. Women's National Team training, like all other training, cut short, no practices, uh, Olympics postponed a year, a really interesting conversation with Margaret Midge Purse coming up on today's show. The other thing that I talked to her about is equal pay, of course. That's a big topic. Women's soccer players not being paid anywhere near the same as men's U.S. national team soccer players. So I asked her about that as well. I think you'll enjoy our conversation. I'm joined virtually by our executive producer, Brian Griggs. Griggs, how are you? Virtually is the new way, right? <laughs> it is the new way. I'm doing Zoom conferences and webinars. We did a Sports PR Summit online webinar with probably about 135 senior PR people from across the sports world this week. We had great panelists, uh, Mary Scott from UEG, Burt Lawton, the director of communications for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and Josh Rawich from the Arizona Diamondbacks. It was really interesting to see, you know, all the interaction. I moderated it. But yeah, we're getting to be pros with Zoom, FaceTime, all the technologies that bring us together virtually. It's really pretty cool. And that panel was fascinating because you had so many different leagues represented who are all in different kind of aspects of this whole uh, virus situation and what they're doing. So you got a lot of input and a lot of uh, good insight. And yeah, I mean, it's so cool that even through all this, we can still virtually connect and see each other through, you know, screens. It's pretty fascinating. Yeah, I think... We're going to do a show next week, probably next Friday. Keith Foreman, co-founder of Sports Business Radio, is going to join us. And we're going to talk about the things that are going to change coming out of this. Uh, also going to talk about the prognosis for sports for the remainder of 2020. Griggs, don't want to be Debbie Downer here, but I just don't see... NBA, Major League Baseball, NFL, college football. I don't see those sports being able to return this year. I think until we have a vaccine, it's really hard to bring these groups of people together with or without fans. But I do think there are some sports that could play in 2020. So we'll tell you about those next week. The other thing I would say, Griggs, is we've been on fire with guests lately. So you know, if people haven't had a chance to subscribe to our award-winning podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast, Dr. Myron Roll, former NFL player turned neurosurgeon, we heard from him. Mark Sanchez, former New York Jet and USC star quarterback. Uh, Ian Eyre, who is the CEO of Nashville SC, used to be at Liverpool. Christian Dawkins joined, joined me to talk about uh, the documentary, The Scheme. So lots of really good guests. Mike McCartney, NFL agent who reps Kirk Cousins was on. We're getting lots of different perspectives from people and how they're navigating through these really unique times. Yeah, it's been power packed the last month and month and a half or so. And uh, what I've been doing is we've had nice weather here lately. Go out for a morning walk, throw on the earbuds and uh, listen to some SBR. You got good content and you're exercising. So it's a win-win, right? That is a win-win. Yeah, it's it's really interesting, like this interview today with Midge Purse. You know, what are people doing to exercise? I'm fortunate. I have a Peloton at home. So, like, I'm, I'm, I think I've lost 10 pounds since this started. I'm um, just riding that thing every day. And then, you know, people are getting out. The weather is turning nice. 
but you know, you, you talk to some elite athletes, they can't get, you know, weights, they can't get bikes, they can't get equipment to work out at home. So they're like filling up water bottles and putting them in suitcases and using those as weights. And they're running the steps in their complex. And, you know, they're really having to get creative with how they're working out. Yeah, it's pretty fun. I, you're, I've seen a couple on Instagram posting their workouts and it's funny that they're lifting their kids, they're lifting their dogs. It's <laughs> well, we're finding out like who has the nice home studios as far as uh, workout facilities and, and, you know, who doesn't and who needs to get creative. So, but yeah, I do love the ones where like people are lifting their dog or their kids or, um, you know, people have lifted their, their significant other and, and things like that. So it's, it's pretty interesting. So Griggs, uh, earlier in the week, UFC floated the idea of having one of their events on an island. Dana White had floated that idea. Got a lot of coverage. A lot of people are like, wow, like this is really creative and unique. And obviously UFC trying to be the only sport really that, that is still continuing right now other than, uh, WWE and, and they had WrestleMania. I believe it was 36 recently, which had off the chart engagement on social media, but Disney shut down the island and the UFC idea. So that won't be happening now, but it probably wasn't the best idea, but for, you know, a few days, it made for interesting conversation that you were going to seclude people on an island, obviously test them before they went to the island and then have a UFC event there. Well, you kind of got a UFC crossover with Survivor going on there, you know? <laughs> That's very true. But yeah, I think uh, you're right. UFC and WWE have uh, been pretty relevant and been kind of, I mean, you go on Twitter and you're seeing something from Dana White. I mean, they're, they're staying involved. They're staying engaged, which is credit to them for uh, for keeping it going through this. Anything else uh, going on in the in the Griggs household uh, during the past few days? Yeah, last night we kind of had, we have some neighbors across the street that have kids kind of my kids age and uh they came over and had a happy hour over the fence we had drinks and shared across the fence with <laughs> with them so that was kind of fun i've been doing that every night with uh our neighbor i feel like tool time remember yeah. that show you know where they talked across the fence so yeah we do that every night with our our next door neighbor so yeah you know one of the silver linings of this is we're reconnecting with our neighbors we're reconnecting with family and friends that we may not have engaged with in a while and you know, that's definitely a good thing. Um, you know, a lot of other things are a negative right now. Thank you to the, the doctors and the nurses and, and the people who are helping fight COVID-19. You know, I'm still reading lots and lots of numbers of, of people getting sick. And, you know, we need to take this seriously. Griggs, we live in Oregon and school shut down the rest of the year for our kids. So, you know, now they're doing online learning for the rest of the year. This is going to impact them. Uh, you know, they don't get to be around their friends. My daughter was on the high school golf team and, you know, the season shut down early. So she's robbed of that experience. I think of all the seniors, whether they're in college or high school, who are robbed of their senior years and, and that final experience in high school or college. It's a really difficult time for adults. But, you know, if you have kids or you know kids, I would just say, like, be extra uh, caring with them right now because this is a really hard time for them too. They're, they're not able to be around their friends. And, you know, my daughter who's in high school, that's one of the most important things to her is, is her friends and socialization. So this is a hard time. Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, we, when we told my son this last week when that announcement came down that schools were closed, it was like he wasn't necessarily happy about it. He was kind of happy, but then he's like, well, I, don't, don't get to see my friends till September, you know, and it's kind of like, it's, it's disappointing for kids and they're kind of absorbing this a whole different way than the adults are. So you're right. It's, it's sensitive for everybody and it affects everybody kind of in a different way. But yeah, the school's closing is, uh, is a big deal. The other thing I've noticed this week is some of my favorite restaurants and coffee shops are shutting down for good. They, they can't stay open. There's a great coffee shop. I'll, I'll give them a, a plug Chuck's coffee in Lake Oswego. Uh, I've spent a lot of time there over the years. They've been around for 20 years and they just announced that they're closing for good. So, you know, I think coming out of this, some of our favorite businesses are going to be shut down for good. And just as consumers, that's sad for us. But as business owners, it's sad for the businesses that are losing their business over this. Yeah, you, you think about, like you said, that coffee shop where it's probably been their dream forever to have this coffee shop and they've been killing it. And now it's all of a sudden over from something you really can't control. It's just a, you know, a thing, a pandemic that comes along and sweeps through and it uh, definitely hurts 
the small businesses especially. So uh, I think we have both come to the conclusion that we are both uh, doing self haircuts now. You've been doing yours for a while. Uh, I am a first timer as of a week ago, but uh, I would wonder, you know, if you if you're doing your own haircuts right now, hit us up at SB Radio. I would be interested to know, like, how many people, men or women, have decided, all right, I, you know, I can't go to the barber, or I can't go to the salon. It's time to do my own uh, hair at home now. Yeah, I, uh, I've i been a Buzzcut fan since I was about 10 years old, so it's pretty simple for me, and I'm used to doing it. However, this last week, I actually had to cut my wife's hair, because she's like, I gotta have a trim, you gotta cut my hair, and I was freaking out. <laughs> I was freaking out. <laughs> you cut your wife's hair this week? I did. I trimmed it along the base, you know, so it kind of keeps it healthy, apparently. It helps ladies' hair, and I, uh, I was pretty scared that I was going to screw something up, but we got through it. Did she give you instruction, or did you go onto YouTube or somewhere and get instruction? How did this take place? She gave me instruction and told me, I want it like this, kind of like an angle. So I even had to angle cut. So I, I learned how to angle cut, uh, and it looks pretty decent. I mean, no one's going to see it, so we're okay. Well, I was going to say, you might have to, now after talking about it, you might have to post a picture <laughs> of, of the the haircut job that you did on your social media platform, but uh, she might not allow for that. That might be grounds for divorce if you if you post that picture <laughs> on social media. But this is breaking news. I mean, in addition to being a world-class producer, you are now a uh, stylist as well. Congratulations. Yeah, it's a new side gig for me, so uh, you never know where this could go. <laughs> we might all need some side gigs coming out of this, so uh, that's a good one for you to have. All right. Stay safe this week. Uh, coming up next, Margaret Midge Purse. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. Nearly 20 years ago, Boingo dreamed of a world where people could connect to the wireless internet anywhere with any device. Today, that dream is reality and Boingo has been at the forefront. Now more than ever, staying connected is what matters most. Boingo keeps people connected to the people and things they love with next-generation networks built for the 5G era. They are the largest operator of indoor wireless networks in the U.S., and they work with sports teams across the NFL, NBA, MLS, NCAA, and more. From 5G and CBRS to DAS and Wi-Fi, Boingo is a trusted partner for staying connected now and in the future. Our thanks to Boingo for their continued support of Sports Business Radio. Connectivity is more important than ever, and you can learn more by visiting boingo.com or emailing sbradio at boingo.com. That's sbradio at boingo.com. My guest is Midge Purse. She is a pro soccer player. She's a member of the U.S. Women's National Team. She's a member of the New Jersey Sky Blue of the NWSL. You can follow her on Twitter at 100%. Midge, how are you? I'm well. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. I know. I've wanted to do this for a long time, and I'm glad that the opportunity presented itself. So let's start with what are you doing right now? I mean, obviously, everyone is off their regular schedule. We're staying at home. These are weird times. How are you staying busy, staying fit, training, all of that kind of stuff? Well, the challenge of staying fit is what keeps me pretty busy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, For the NWSL, if you think about it, we've kind of been in this, not kind of, we've been in, what, five, six months of off-season now? Right, yeah. Um, And I think if you could ask anyone, it, it becomes pretty miserable, you know, um, just training on your own over and over again. At some point, you really want to get in with a group of people. You want to play pickup, like, um, do finishing. And so this social distancing and isolation and quarantine has made it really, really difficult. Um, but because Dr. Fauci says that we are allowed to exercise and do those things, um, I have been able to, like, go outside and do my running, but I have been pretty creative with it every now and then. Um, it's been, it's been a challenge. (laughs) So are you like running with a mask on? Are you avoiding people? I know when I talked to you offline before you said you were getting up like super early before anyone would be out. How are you doing that? Yeah, I avoid people. So it's, so the days where it's really rainy are actually my favorite days. It's like rainy and cold and I'm positive. No one will be outside. Right. like the best thing ever. Um, but it sucks <laughs> if when you're running and doing fitness. But um, there have been times where I've gone out to, there's a track by um, where all the girls live. And 
it was just crowded, very crowded. And I had to kind of sit in my car and just wait until people weren't there so I could run. Um, yeah. So it's just about gauging it. I do get up early some days. If it's a really nice day, I'll try to get up kind of early because I know most people will sleep in or whatnot. And um, as soon as the sun comes up on those days, that's when I try to get out and be done. Other than running, like when you're at home, I've talked to athletes who are like filling water bottles and putting them in suitcases and they're using those as weights. Like, what are you <laughs> doing at home in order to work out or stay fit? Yeah, so I haven't done the, <laughs> the gallons of water bottles yet, <laughs> fortunately. I, before this all happened, I was like, I need like some kinds of weights, but I had no idea that weights were so expensive. Yeah. I went to Target to try to get like some weights and I think like a 25 plate, 25 pound plate was about, I think 40 bucks. And I, I like couldn't believe it. Yeah. 40, um, so I've been running up and down my stairs, been doing a lot of body weight things cause I don't really have much other than that. Um, I tried to, I'm in quarantine and, um, in contact with just a few people on my team cause those people around me who I can't really avoid. And I've squatted one of them. Um, so so what does that mean? Explain that. <laughs> um, on my back. Are you serious? Yeah, because um, they weigh about like 145, 145. And <laughs> just put them on top of like the banister so you can get under them. And then I squatted them <laughs> like once or twice. But that's I think that's as bizarre as my <laughs> weight training has gotten. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I'm not messing with you. <laughs> so when did US women's national teams training, when did that pause? Um, at our probably after the not probably after the She Believes Cup that just just ended in March. Okay. So I mean, you were getting some training with them up until then, but over the last month or so, you're on your own. Yeah, yeah. We were, but they've been also super helpful sending videos and training film and things like that. Things that you can do on your own, um, techniques to practice that have been specialized and, um, individual to your own progress, which has been super helpful. But yeah, it's, it's very much isolated, very much at your own pace, which is, is positive and negative, I think. Yeah, but it really does test like your, your discipline and I guess your creativity here to continue to stay in peak condition because, you know, you have no idea what the ramp up is going to be coming out of this. Is is there going to be, hey, we'll give you a month to get back in shape or is it going to be two weeks? You, you really don't know, do you? No, but I don't. So I kind of looked at it just a little differently. I think that, especially for me, this is just a really, really special opportunity because I think um, if I'm if I'm just being blatant, this is a time, as you said, where discipline is going to be tested. And it's not going to be as easy for everyone to get up every single day with mm. kind of like an ambiguous deadline or start date um, and train like like, you know what you're training for and when you're training for. So I'm just kind of like if I can get even fitter and get even better during this time and come out of it stronger than I would have entered preseason, that's a huge win. I'm just picturing you like with the. Eye of the Tiger from Rocky Music playing <laughs> and you're just like doing your workouts and you're crushing it and you're going to come back stronger than ever. Well, it helps too because I think uh, this team that I have, you know, I like drive around. We, we all live near each other so I can see people sometimes. But um, Carly's on my team, Carly Lord, obviously. <laughs> and um, she just the other day, she put on Instagram, she was like, I she just did 10 800s. And for anyone who knows, 800s it's like a very very hard mid-distance run it's half a mile and if you're running it at the right pace it's very fast and it's very tiring and i was like okay i'm gonna go do 10 800s um i did not complete the 10 800s it was so difficult but i, I texted her after and she was like yeah you got to build up to it you have to build like a base so i mean this is the time i feel like where you build that really really strong base to, to be super fit during the season what are you doing uh, diet-wise? Are you ordering groceries in? Are you able to get to the store? Like, you know, some people are eating a lot of cereal right now. Other people, you know, <laughs> are preparing world-class meals at home. What are you doing? I'm cooking a lot. I like to cook and I like to explore. And I honestly think 
with social media, that has really inspired me to try different things. Um, so I've been cooking a lot. I have been able to get to the store. I'm not much of a apocalypse shopper. I don't like really stock up on everything. I think it's just the way my dad has always been. He's like, eh, you got some soup and you got bread. You're fine. (laughs) (laughs) The staples, right? Yeah, just like rolls and like I, my dad, I swear he could live off cheese, bread and water for the rest of his life <laughs> and he'd be fine. And I'm I'm similar. So, you know, I just kind of like I'll get the itch and I'll I'll be like, this is what I'm going to make this week, make that and then kind of survive off whatever else is in there <laughs> the rest of the week. So are you staying in touch mainly with your teammates from NWSL and U.S. Women's National Team just like? via text? Are you guys doing Zooms or FaceTimes? Are you even staying in touch at all? I know you said earlier, you know, you're, you're kind of isolated during all of this, but are you guys like connecting at all via technology? Sure, absolutely. And I will be honest, I really hate Zoom. I, <laughs> I just, I don't like video calls because to me, I'm just like, why can't we call normally? Like it's, why do you need to see me? We can just talk. But um, <laughs> we've had like we have we we've had like I've had a lot of Zoom calls in the past um, week. Some of them have been fun, but some of them I'm just I like cut my camera off and I'm like we're fine. I just <laughs> whatever you want to talk about, let's talk about. Yeah, there's a <laughs> lot of people that are like wearing the same thing for three days in a row. <laughs> I, I I might be one of them. I might. This is this is going to be breaking news. I might have given myself a haircut for the first time in my entire life yesterday. So, you know, I get it. Like sometimes you just want to go voice. You you don't want to go uh picture as well. Well, even, even more than that, Brian, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a little, this is like a very off topic tidbit, but among black women in this culture, we change our hairstyles very frequently I have braided my hair in probably seven different styles during this entire quarantine. And I don't want to be on video call when I'm mid braiding. (laughs) (laughs) You're just like my daughter. This is exactly what she's been doing is she's done seven different braid hairstyles and same thing for her. She doesn't, when she's doing, uh, you know, online classes and stuff, she's like, no, I don't want the camera on. I don't, I'm still doing my hair. Tasker, I can listen and braid at the same time, but I don't need you to see me braiding. Like, <laughs> like I, I'm fine. Oh but, my um, gosh! Yeah, the Zoom is is a lot, but um, we did have which I, this is the one probably the one Zoom call I really enjoyed. I had a Zoom call with our team, and it was um kind of like a team bonding thing. It was trivia. And um, we answered, like, a whole bunch of questions, like, who would you want to have dinner with, um, dead or alive, and all of that. It was really fun. Who's the best trivia player on the U.S. women's national team? On the U.S.? I don't know. Oh, probably Becky, I would say. Yeah. Becky's fun facts. Who's the, like, you seem like there's so many characters on that team. And I, I think we saw that after they won uh, World Cup who's who's someone on the team that you know is a character but has also just been fun for you to hang out with and maybe they've taken you under their wing a little bit oh wow that's a really good question um that's a hard one because i can honestly say there have been a number of people who have been extraordinary um with their kindness um towards me which i've really appreciated um and at different times i would say ah who Probably Becky. Becky has been really, really, really nice and yeah. super, super helpful. And Kelly has been as well. Those two have been really good with like giving more information, like critiquing and just like their soccer IQ is unbelievable. And Carly too. I was, we had one practice where, um, well, it wasn't an official practice. You could just kind of go out and, uh, just kick around. But I was working on something and I was getting pretty frustrated because it wasn't coming off. And Carly like looks at me and she sees me do it like two or three times. And she's like, hey, move your left foot. And she's like, it's too close to the ball. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, okay, like that's like a little thing. And I do it and it comes off like consistently after that. And so like she she's been helpful with things like that. Um, And ever since then, I think she's. She's like noticed that I'll, I'll listen if you talk because I think one of the things that you don't realize is a lot of people don't really listen when you give advice. Um, 
So I think she's been more ready, readily to give me more advice about things like that. So she's been great too. That's good. And you have a new coach for the U.S. Women's National Team. Is I, I sure I'm going to butcher his name, but Vladko, right? Yeah, yeah, Vladko. And he, I, I read where in your match in November, he moved you from forward to defender, and you've played forward your entire career. What was it like changing positions? And, and you know, I'm imagining if he says he wants you to do it, then that's what you're going to do because you want to be on the team. But walk me through that process because if you do one thing for most of your life and then you're asked to do something else, it's got to be a challenge. Yeah, you know, I've been thrown into like this wing back position a few times, but it's been in a five back. So that which is very different from a four back in my opinion and and in my experience. So it's been um it's it's different to me. And I remember the first camp uh I thought I was a forward and we were he was splitting people up and he like said my name with the defenders and I was like, "Oh, he must want me to like shoot the ball like I'm, I must be an extra like with defenders and I, I was like playing right back and like that's how I found out which I, I love that that's how he does things he's like it's not rocket science you'll realize <laughs> so there's no conversation beforehand it's like a drill is taking place and all of a sudden you're with the defenders yeah it was amazing it was amazing and I honestly I loved that he did it that way because I'm like he's like it's soccer you know like you don't need to think about all of this you need to play um, and he, and the way he did it is like, he helped me. He told me what I needed to do. He told me what he expected. Um, but it wasn't this, like this long conversation. And I think that that's the smarter way to do it. Because I think when you over talk and you over speak about things like that, it makes you feel less prepared, um, and more out of place. But I, I think the way he did it, it gave me definitely a sense of confidence that he didn't feel the need to be like, so I'm switching you here. I'm switching you there. He was just like, no, I'm go over there. You'll be fine. Yeah. It was What's his overall style like? Oh, that's a really good question. I mean, you he, know, some coaches are really player friendly. Others are drill sergeants. Like, you know, where does he fall? He's, he's very clear and he's very, he has high expectations. He expects them to be met. And it's just very clear what he wants. He's very clear. And he's not like this, like, scream at you if you're not getting it right. It's like, if you're not getting it right, he'll handle it however he needs to handle it. And if you're getting it right, then good. Keep doing it. Um, I, I like, I've been with him for such a short time. And already I'm like, he's one of the, one of my favorite coaches to hmm. play under. Interesting. He, he I, I just think he's, He's one, he's so smart and his soccer IQ is just, is unmatched. But above that, he, he does a really, really good job at relaying what he wants to players, which I think that communication is what's lost, um, a lot when it comes to coaching and teaching and learning. Cause it's teaching, um, not just screaming at people to do something. You have to teach them how to do it. You have to teach them how to think a certain way and play a style. And, um, there's a lot more to it than just saying pass the ball here, pass the ball there. Um, he, he's, he's been fantastic. Can you see a noticeable change in style with him as the coach? In style, for sure. I think his styles is, is, is very different from, um, from Jill, both good. Obviously Jill was very successful and Blacko has been very successful, but very different. Um, and I don't, I'm not going to say like what his principles are because I don't know how open that's supposed to be before the Olympics. Right. Year. No, that's fine. I get it. But, um, he definitely has different principles, but it's very, I, what I love is that you go out there and you know exactly what the principles are. Like there's no mystery. There's no mistake about it. It's very clear. Um, but he, he does it in a way where you also don't lose creativity or freedom. Like he, he definitely wants people to be special on the ball and he welcomes that, but he's also like, this is how, this is how we are, we want to do things. Um, and though my opinion of, of that doesn't really matter, I think it's great the way he does it. And I love the style that he picked. When you're out there running around with, you know, some of the legends of soccer, uh, Alex Morgan, Megan Rapino, people like that, is there any part of you that is like, wow, you know, I'm, I'm out here with some of the greats of U.S. women's soccer history, or are you all business and you're like, I belong on this field and I'm going to do whatever I need to do to win? 
Um, both. Absolutely. I don't think they're mutually exclusive at all. I think that one, you need to have that kind of confidence that, that you belong there, but it's also like a humble belonging. Like you understand that it's an amazing thing to be there and that you're among people who are very, very special and extremely talented. Um, so it's, it's definitely both. Let's talk about your soccer for a little bit. Uh, at the beginning of the year, you were traded from the Portland Thorns to New Jersey Sky Blue in the NWSL. How was that for you? I mean, you know, there's a lot of player movement in that league. And then obviously you're being called up to play on the U.S. Women's National Team and, and train with them. So, um, you know, it's not like you're not traveling a lot. But uh, did you welcome that move? Were you sad? What were your feelings? Uh, I, I love it. I, I mean, I think this is sports trades, like the excitement of it, you know, not knowing where you're going to play next. I think, it, I mean, that's sports and I love to be on the side of it because I, you know, I grew up watching baseball, seeing those trades. I'm like grew up in Camden Yards, um, and football, not as much, but, um, I love it. I, I, Portland, anyone who's ever been there, played there, witnessed anything, um, sock related knows that that is one of the most special places on earth when it comes to not just women's soccer, but just football. Um, so obviously it is, it is sad leaving that because it's amazing, but I, I'm very grateful that I got to experience it. Um, but coming to Jersey has been an absolutely incredible experience. My short time with the team and the staff, I've, I've really enjoyed it. I, I, I love Jersey. I'm East Coast girl. So it's like a good vibe for me. Um, it's been great. That's awesome. So let's go back even further. If you're listening to this, this is one of the the smart people in all of sports. Midge, she went to Harvard. She <laughs> scored 42 goals and 69 appearances on the Harvard University women's soccer team, was named Ivy League Player of the Year twice in 2015 and 2016, majored in psychology at Harvard. For anyone to get into Harvard, you got to be a smart cookie. Why did you go to Harvard and how has that helped you with everything that you're doing today? Um, so this is the, uh, this story is really funny. Actually, why I went to Harvard. Um, I was visiting other schools and I was really enjoying my time visiting other schools. And, um, when, after we spoke to the Harvard coach and they realized I had the grades and everything, um, and I was talking to my dad about it and I, we were having a conversation and I was under the impression that I was kind of like making a decision, like weighing my options. And he, he looked at me and he goes, are you stupid? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what, what do you mean? I'm just telling you like what I like about the other schools. And he's like, why? <laughs> oh my like, gosh. You're going to Harvard. And I was, and it, it was like a very, it was a, when I look back on it, I absolutely agree. It was one of the best decisions of my life, but it's really funny um, going back to it like that. But that is why I chose Harvard because my dad told me I, I chose Harvard. You know, I have to say I probably would have done the same thing with my daughter. If, if she told me she got into Harvard and she was looking at other schools, I'd be like, no, I think you're, I think you're going to Harvard. Yeah, I mean, I would do the same with my kid um, with no disrespect to anyone else's choices. My dad, he just – the way he raised my brother and I, education is always first. Yeah. Um, and so for him, it was a no brainer. And that's just the way our priorities in our family are. No, that's great. So how difficult was it juggling, you know, being two time Ivy League player of the year in soccer, but also keeping up with really difficult studies at Harvard? Um, I struggled the, the first year for sure. I absolutely did. Um, I think a lot of freshmen do in general, but Harvard also doesn't like to give extra resources to their athletes, which other schools do. They, we don't have like a, a center for students, like extended hours for athletes to eat or anything like that. It's like you're a normal student. Um, and they do that because they say that they want everyone to have the exact same experience. Um, and when they graduate, to be able to say that they graduated the way every Harvard kid does with like no extra help. Um, so I, I struggled a bit. I like to have fun. <laughs> so <laughs> I definitely like the, the social part on top of the academics, on top of everything else. I was pre-med. So going to class and, um, realizing I learned 
very quickly, you know, they didn't take attendance in class. I didn't have to go <laughs> to every single class. It was taped sometimes. I could back it up on everything. And um, that part was a struggle. But I got a, a, um, a hang of it shortly after a phone call from my father. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, it would be hard to keep up, especially as a student athlete at a school like that. And, uh, you know, you, you did a remarkable job both on the field and, and in the classroom. But, you know, hey, you're a college student, so you, you want some social activities too. But it's, it's funny because, you know, I've never been to Harvard, but I've heard the stories of you would think that everyone's just studying 24-7, but actually there's a pretty good social life at Harvard as well. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's definitely a really good time. I think the thing is a lot of people sacrifice sleep, and that's not I didn't realize that, like, the people who were, like, having fun, playing sports, going out, and, like, getting all their work done would sleep, like, four hours and be I need A lot of vampires there, right? Yeah, I couldn't believe it. And so, you know, you just have to, you have to juggle it. And it it was fine. It was, like, a a few weeks that, like, I wasn't (laughs) juggling everything super well. But um, you get the hang of it. Everyone does. I think my entire class had the same experience. Um, And then... You know, when we would have rookies come in every year, we would tell them, don't do this, don't do that. And they would have to learn on their own. But um, I think everyone has that college experience where you kind of just have to learn how to juggle it. Was there a professor in a class that stood out to you during your time at Harvard? Oh, my gosh. I can't, I honestly can't say just just one. Um, That's good. Yeah, I had I had a lot of. A lot of classes that I that I really enjoyed. My favorite was probably medical ethics. Hmm. Um, it, it was incredible because it kind of just taught. Well, people are. I don't want people to get upset, but it kind of ta- taught that our ethics aren't really, you know, this sound moral base, and that they're just they sway. Um, situational ethics, I guess. Um, but one, no, I, I I really can't single out one. Yeah. So is that what you want to do after soccer is, so you mentioned pre-med and then, uh, you know, you, you took that class. Do you want to go into the medical field? I, you know, I've talked to you before. I know laws of interest. Like, do you think about what you want to do when you're done playing soccer? Uh, I always think about what I want to do and it does not involve the medical field. I did, I went to school for, um, and I was pre-med, but then I, I did a number of internships, um, clinical internships that related to medicine in the field that I thought I wanted to go into. And it really, it really wasn't for me. So no, no doctor for me. Um, I took the LSAT, I think last year or two years ago. And that's still good. It's good for like five years. Um, so I, I am looking towards law school and, and government things. That's awesome. Thanks. And I think sports teaches you, you know, again, the discipline and just, the competitive spirit that's needed for fields like that. Would you agree? Oh, for sure. I honestly, I think sports, they're so related to other things that you'll do in life. It's, it's not, it's multifaceted. Um, and I, I think you learn so much for it. And I don't think you even realize how much you learn for it from it until you live more of your life. Yeah. My audience is going to want to know the answer to this question since you play Pro soccer, you're on the U.S. Women's National Team. Equal pay has been such a big topic over the last few years. And, you know, Megan Klingenberg has joined me on the show. And, you know, if you've listened to me on this show for the last several years, I've said not only do the women deserve equal pay, they deserve more pay because we live in a results-based world and the results for the women's national team are far superior to the men's national team. And by the way, you're doing this with far fewer resources. So for that argument alone, I think the women should be paid more. Where do you stand on all of this? How involved in the in the discussion have you been? I, I stand for equal pay, like unequivocally, which I, I think everyone could probably assume. I think it's a safe assumption. Um my dad's a stockbroker, so he's a numbers guy. And so when I look at it, I just, I honestly just think it's pretty dumb business to not have equal pay. In, in my head, it's just kind of like you invest less in the woman 
and their yield, their return on the investment is so great. Why wouldn't you just invest more into them? Um, so I just, I, to me, it doesn't really make much sense, um, even from a business standpoint. But I, I think it's wrong. I think, you know, over the past couple of months, we've had a lot of shifts and a lot of changes. We've had some pretty discriminatory things come from high up and there have been changes in leadership. Um, and I think it's good that I, I'm just so proud and, and honored by the women um, who are leading this charge on the, on the national team. I think, you know, when I'm in the camps and they have their meetings and I'm listening in, I'm just like, wow, like you have some really brilliant women in here and they're pioneering a fight that needs to be fought. And I, I'm just, it's amazing. How involved do you get? I mean, I know, you know, you're, you're one of the younger players, but you know, you went to Harvard. You're, you're pretty smart. Uh, do you ever try and inject your thoughts into the conversation or do you just kind of sit back and say, I'll, I'll help where needed? Uh, no, I definitely listen and, um, and I definitely speak. They, they're very welcoming for, for everyone to give their input. Um, and, and they're very open in that way, which, which I really appreciate. But, you know, I'm, I'm walking into their, their lawsuit and all their things, um, very late in the game. So I've mostly been listening, trying to like get a gauge on like everything that has happened, everything that they've been through, because, you know, a lot of them have been on that team for 10 plus years. Um, there have been shifts in, in, in leadership and coaches and, and contracts and CBAs that I have not been privy to. So I, I've been listening mostly, but it, it's been amazing. And I, I hope to continue their fight and um, their legacy as, as this progresses. Yeah, no, I definitely think, you know, it's just interesting. I've followed women's national team for a long time. And, you know, you go back to like Mia Hamm, Brandy Chastain, Michelle Akers. And then, you know, you see now the, Alex Morgans and the Megan Rapinos and the people like that. And then, you know, I look at you as kind of that next generation of U.S. women's national team members. And, uh, it's important to pass the torch to people that, you know, understand not just what happens on the field, but what happens off the field. And that this is a, it's a bigger game than just, you know, what you do on the pitch. Absolutely. Um, I've been working with Andrea Sell on their, um, collective bargaining executive committee and we're working on our CBA and um, the NFLPA has been super helpful with that. So I feel like that's kind of our next step. You know, we're getting our league to, to progress in terms of pay and, and rights for players and what our agreements are. So um, being with the national team and hearing what they have to say and how they're negotiating um, has been super helpful in terms of that. A few more questions before I let you go. Uh, social media. What's your social media game like? What do you, do you think about it before you do it? Do you just pull out your phone and, and post? What's your strategy with social media? Um, I definitely think about it. I would never advise anyone to, to not think about um, what they're putting on the Internet that's going to be there probably forever. <laughs> um, but I don't think about it to the sense where I'm like, OK, I need to post X, Y, Z because it's going to incite X, Y, Z response or ABC response. Um, I take pictures that I like of things I like or outfits or events that I like and I make sure that they're very appropriate and that they have a message that um, I'm okay with and that my father would be okay with. Yeah, I was going to say, if you post, <laughs> your audience is an audience of one. Is dad okay with what I just posted? And if the answer is yes, you're good. If the answer is no, you don't post it. Absolutely. I actually, I recently posted a, uh, a I guess kind of a quarantine video, but I'm, I'm playing a lot of music that I really enjoy and dancing to it and being silly. And the first, I sent it to my, my dad and my brother in our group message. I was like, is this okay? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, it's fine. And that's kind of all I need. <laughs> that's funny. Well, so it's, it's interesting during this time of quarantine, you know, we're seeing more social media content than we've ever seen before because people are isolated and, you know, they're kind of a captive audience. So whether it's athletes weighing in on past performances or, you know, I've seen like Steph Curry doing trick shots for golf, uh, people doing, 
you know, different uh, dances and TikToks and stuff like that. We're seeing a lot of stuff out there. Are there social media follows that, you know, hey, these people are my favorite follow on social? Um, Probably not. I'm more, I'll post on social media, but I don't like to really be on social media for that long. Yeah. I think that's kind of like my, me trying to pull away. Um, I think it's a generational thing. I'm not a part of that, like, TikTok generation, I, I would say. Um, I also don't like to give my data to China, like, in that form. But that's a different conversation. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably a much deeper conversation. Yeah, yeah, they're having talks about it right now. And I, that's why I think people really need to read the fine print, the terms of the agreement when they sign on to those things. But regardless, um, <laughs> I, I don't like to be on Instagram and that stuff that long. Um, but who, who do I look at? I, actually, no one really comes to mind. I, I follow, like, not, I don't really even follow fitness accounts, but I have during this quarantine to look for some workouts. But what I found is I tend to follow more based on the outfits rather than the workouts. Um, so that's, 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 I guess, the method to my madness on Instagram. That's funny. All right, let's end with this. I know when we talked offline before, you were telling me about some of the TV shows that you're binge watching. Uh, you know, I'm binge watching stuff too. I find myself going back and watching older shows like The Sopranos, uh, Lost on ABC. Oh, yeah. I love that show. Um, so I, I'm kind of reliving some of those things, uh, watching One Tree Hill with my daughter, the OC, oh, <laughs> you know, like some of those Beverly Hills 90210, like those era that my daughter, since she's a teen, you know, she doesn't mind watching those. What are you watching right now? I'm watching The Wire. Oh, yeah. That's great. And it's been amazing. Um, I'm watching season three of Ozark. Yes. I love love Ozark. Um, My, like, mindless one is Vanderpump Rules. I'm, like, obsessed with it. I think it's so funny. And I always say that I wish there was, like, a soccer version of this reality TV because I think it would be so drama-filled talking about why someone didn't pass you the ball or took a shot in front of goal when they should have passed. I, <laughs> I stand by this. Oh, my God. That's so funny. It would be the most interesting, entertaining thing ever. Um, and then Casa de Papel or Money Heist is what I've been watching also. So amazing. What that's- is that about? Oh, my gosh. It's about um, these people who break into a bank in Spain, and they – it's the whole thing is in Spanish, so you have to put the the captions on if you don't understand. But it's it's so good. And I think it was like the number one show in Europe for a really long time. Neymar makes like a guest appearance in it. It's it's amazing. If you were gonna do a guest appearance on any show, what would it be? Ooh, oh my gosh, I need to be quick on my feet. Any show? Yeah, any show, past or present. Like you could go back and be on the Fresh Prince of Bel Air if you wanted, or. The Brady Bunch or whatever. What would it be? Oh, my gosh. I already know I'm going to regret whatever answer I give because I'm going to think of something. I'll tell you mine. Okay. Tell me yours first. I'd want to be on Curb Your Enthusiasm with Larry David on HBO. That's my favorite show of all time. And uh, I would love to have a scene with Larry David. So that would be mine. Okay. Okay. Hear me out on this. Okay. (laughs) Game of Thrones. Ooh. Yes. I like where this is going. But I would want to be royal. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Not in King's Landing, but from the, um, oh my gosh, the uh, the one where the three women kill everyone. Uh, They're like spicy. They seem kind of like Latin American. Yeah. Yeah, from their place. Because they're, they're gorgeous in their, where they live. It's beautiful. And just think of the outfits that you'd be able to try on for your cameo. Oh my, their dresses there, they were, yeah, I totally love them. You'd get into that. Oh yeah, that's, that's my, that's my gig. Any parting words of uh, wisdom for our listeners is, you know, we all kind of go through these unprecedented times together. A lot of people are isolated, but a lot of people are coming together to reconnect with people that they haven't talked to in a while, but it's just this weird time. For sure. I, I would totally say that um, I'm really proud and I get a, a really strong sense of pride from the individuals who are taking precautionary steps and CDC advice steps to stop the spread um, of COVID-19. And to those who have not gotten there yet, you know, I'm still waiting on you. And I believe that you are totally capable for it. 
And I, I hope that you get with the rest of us in our social distancing and smart practices. Great advice. I echo it. Midge Purse, you can follow her on Twitter at 100% pro soccer player, member of the U.S. Women's National Team, member of the New Jersey Sky Blue of the NWSL, Harvard grad, super smart, wicked smart, as they say. Thank you <laughs> so much for being on uh, Sports Business Radio with me. Thanks for having me. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. If you're working from home now like I am, you still need to look professional. Many of us are doing Zoom conferences or FaceTime calls with business associates. That's why I turn to my mizzen and main dress shirts. I need to look good from the waist up, but I also want to be comfortable. Mizzen and main is like athletic wear disguised as a dress shirt, making them great for comfort while working from home. It's a shirt that has worked for thousands of customers, including hundreds of professional athletes like J.J. Watt and Phil Mickelson. Head on over to MizzenAndMain.com and use promo code SBR to get $10 off your dress shirt. That's MizzenAndMain.com code SBR. Guess what? Mizzen and Main also makes super comfortable wrinkle-free pants and shorts, so you can check those out as well. Head on over to MizzenAndMain.com, use promo code SBR to get $10 off your next purchase. That's MizzenAndMain.com, code SBR. Well, that's it for this edition of Sports Business Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to our show staff, Brian Griggs and Josh Blank. Thanks to our friends at Boingo Wireless for powering our Sports Business Radio Roadshow. Follow them online at Boingo.com or on Twitter at Boingo. For Brian Griggs, I'm Brian Berger. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Business Radio. This and every SBR podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and your favorite listening app. Follow Sports Business Radio on Facebook, Twitter at SB Radio, Instagram at Sports Business Radio, and online at sportsbusinessradio.com. Open Doors helps athletes share content on social. Founded in 2012 by two former Nebraska football players, Open Doors has become the world's leading athlete marketing platform. More than 6,000 athletes around the world use Open Doors to receive content from partners and publish to their personal social channels like Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all with one click. Open Doors makes it easier than ever before for brands, including sponsors and licensees and properties, to push approved content through the player's social channels. Leading sports organizations like the PGA Tour, NFL Players Association, Major League Baseball Players Association, the LPGA, and dozens of professional and collegiate sports teams use the platform to send video highlights, photos, GIFs, and more to athletes. The publishing process is very easy and convenient. Once registered, athletes receive a text message when their team, league, or brand partner has content for them to share on social media. The athlete simply reviews the content and hits approve. Open Doors does the rest. If you're an athlete, start using Open Doors as a tool today to build your personal brand and maximize your value on social media. If you're a brand trying to connect with athletes who you thought you'd never be able to gain access to on your own, Open Doors is your solution. Open Doors makes athletes more accessible to the people who support them. Visit opendoors.com or follow them on social media at Open Doors.